who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, his flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The psalm is a beautiful place to go to find proper expression for our soul. And this one um, finds a proper expression for us. And I said it finds, we need to fit ourselves in that proper expression. I can't just... Um, I was, I was kind of talking last Wednesday. I can't just let my emotions carry me wherever I want. I have to channel as God would have me to channel. I think the Psalms is a wonderful way to do that. The Psalms remind us what is true regardless of the circumstances in our life. And we need that reminding, right? Because the circumstances sometimes is like a tide that just carries us away. We get caught in that tide and we forget. Now, wait a minute. That's the circumstances. But the truth of God is, is steadfast and, and, and constant. He says this. Um, <clears throat> man, verse 18, excuse me, verse 15. For as for man, his days are like grass and he flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place knows it no more. Think about that. He talks about grass and flower in the field. Um, they flourish when, when the water is right, but then there's, there's a time when the, the grass just gets brown and, 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 and the, the flowers fade. So they come and go with the season. But it says in comparison, verse 17, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Um, the day of September 21st, it's the last day of summer, isn't it? Um, 
And uh, I mentioned last week that I, I kind of go into a little bit uh, mini depression, you know, because summer is, is ending. Here it is. It's, it's not even 730 and it's dark outside already. Uh, we go through those seasonal moods. Um, but God's steadfast love is not based on the seasons. It's not up and down. It's steadfast. It's from everlasting to everlasting. That's what we can count on. We reassure, we remind ourselves, not just our circumstances, what we're in, but the God who is above all of our circumstances. It says there, um, his steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. So we're reminded his grace is for us, for those who fear him. Not everybody experiences that. We need to re remind ourselves of the blessing that we have in our relationship with God. So the psalm starts off there, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. It's like telling ourselves to bless the Lord because we don't always feel like blessing the Lord. Um, you know, you ever, it has to happen to you. I know it happens to me. Somebody greets you in the morning, and they just seem so chipper, and you wonder, why are you so chipper? I don't feel like that this morning. I'm not feeling that, right? And you wonder, you know, what, what did they eat for breakfast? Who put stuff in their breakfast that they, they just all chipper? Life don't feel that way to me, right? Um, and so we're not saying have a manufactured joy or cheer. In fact, it's just the opposite. We have down days, and our real joy is reminding ourselves of what is constant, what is steady, what is true. Remind us who God is. And reminding ourselves to turn our face, turn our attitude towards what is real and what is eternal and what is true. Bless the Lord. It's, it's like stirring your heart to say, hey, think about what God has done. Bless the Lord Oh, my soul, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Um, um, I think I can be a dire and pessimistic person, but the fact that I have to be in the scriptures regularly, and even if I don't have disciplined myself to do that, is for my good. It keeps me from going down deep into the, the, the mud, so to speak. Then look what it says, verse 2. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. It doesn't say when you feel good, sing to him. In fact, I think it's saying this. When you sing to him, you, you'll find yourself feeling better because you will remind yourself of what's true. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Um, early in, in ministry, uh, when I, even before I got married, uh, my role in the church was to be a song leader. And so I would lead the singing in church. And I uh, always felt like I had to come and, you know, like pick people up and, and, and get them to, to cheer, almost like a cheerleader, rah, 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 rah. Um, and you realize everybody doesn't feel that way. Um, but that's okay. God wants us to sing whether we feel that way or, or not because if the songs are about God, they're, they're constant. They're reminding us of what is really true. And that's true whether I had a good day or a bad day. 
God is still God. Glory in his name, verse 3. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous, oh, sorry, I'm reading Psalm 105. I've turned the wrong page. Bless the Lord, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Again, it's that same thought. Turn my heart to bless the Lord and turn to reflect and to think and meditate on his benefits. And then it reminds us of those in verse 3. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. So we're reminding ourselves of, of what God has done for us. All right. Just to cause us to reflect um, in our daily devotion, in our time, um, we come in different moods. We come up. Sometimes we come down. But God is still the same. We're reminded of that. We're comforted by that. We're encouraged by that. This is the one who has blessed us in eternal ways, not just with physical blessings that, you know, come and go, but with eternal blessings that are constant, never diminish, never cease. So let's remember God that way as we spend time in prayer tonight. Good evening, saints. I have our meditation through the Gospel of John. <laughs> and as you know, the Gospel of John is about believing. I want to jump right into the chapter because I want to read the whole thing, and I know it's long. So I'm not going to do the usual review. Let me just get into it. Um, it speaks in some ways for itself. Six days before the Passover, chapter 12, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why would this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When a large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came, not only account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. 
His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was they had heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after you. Now after, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls on the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will be my servant also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes, and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, even many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But for the fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. Whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save them. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken of my own authority. But the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. All right. There's a lot going on in this chapter. A lot going on. 
speaking about belief. And there's a lot of people in this chapter. Let's just kind of go through a little bit. How does Mary show something here. I'm supposedly a religious leader. I'm plotting murder. That, that, this murder is not bad enough. I'm plotting murder against a man who says he's coming from God and is raising people from the dead. Shouldn't I consider my ways? Shouldn't I consider my actions? Where's the sense of reflection? Mary as a sense of reflection. She thinks about how she acted in a previous chapter. Right? She kind of had an attitude with Jesus. You remember that? And then she gives Jesus everything because he's done so much for her. She's reflecting on her actions. With an honest reflection, what does the scripture say? Confess with your heart. She's confessing. Judas ain't confessing. Judas is not saying what's in his heart. He's saying what he thinks is going to sound good to somebody else. What are the Pharisees confessing? Are they confessing? No. They talking about politics. Achieving their own ends. Does the crowd believe? Hosanna, they say. Glory to the king of Israel. bet you some people who yelled that also yelled crucify a week later. His disciples, it says, did not fully believe. Right? They didn't fully understand what was going on. But they followed him. Right? So the passage in its own way is making this really stark line between light and dark. But it does also give us leeway for growth, right? You got the disciples. I mean, you got one who's a, who's a traitor, but the other 11 ain't, right? 
They're the apostles of the church. So you got these other 11 who are doing real good, but they don't understand half of what they see. Then some Greeks want to seek after Jesus. What does Jesus say to them? you want to die. Jesus, man, can't you be more persuasive than that? Right? You know, we want to come to take Jesus aside. What's wrong with you, Jesus? Don't you want people to follow you? What would Jesus say? Why come Jesus seems like he always turned down these crowds all the time? How come every time a crowd follow Jesus, Jesus says something to whittle them down? He fed the 5,000, then he says some saying they can't understand. Now he got people seeking after him. He said, hey, you want to follow me? You got to die. What? What? And then in this last part, he said, my soul is troubled soul trouble. He's going to die. Then he says, Father, glorify your name. But what the Father said? He answered him, right? But Jesus kind of gave a hint that God is always answering him all the time. And he hears that voice all the time. And it was only our lack of faith. Let's just think about this. Some people didn't hear the voice correctly. They say they just thundered. God doesn't open your ears. He can speak as loudly and as clearly as he wants. You still won't hear nothing. Some people just heard thunder. How? How sad. That when some people come to church, all they hear is blah, blah, blah. They don't hear the wonderful words. Some people come up and they be like, man, you know, I heard a great sermon on Sunday. You know, somebody in the back saying, I just heard blah, blah, blah. Some two different sermons that were spoken in that room. It was two different spirits that were listening to. But in the end, John talks about what this whole chapter is about. He says, even though he did many signs for them, they still did not believe in him. chapter symbolically you can say it started with a crowd and it ended with one in the end Jesus is just speaking he cried out and said whoever believes in me and it's almost like he's pleading believe me believe me walk in the light believe me Judas was front row seat to every miracle 
still did not believe. Even though the Jewish leaders knew for a fact Lazarus had been raised after four days, they still plotted to kill him. So we learn something about belief. Belief does not is not determined by the facts. It's determined by the state of how we see God. reflected in the quality of our confession. Whether we will honestly confess, whether we're going to put up 